Welcome, Bird Gang. We've got ourselves a victory Monday, second in as many weeks. The two wins, though, very different. On today's show, the Cardinals made it hard on themselves, harder than it needed to be, but it's a win. You take it and don't look back. All three phases had a hand in the 33-26 victory. We'll discuss all of the good and some of the bad, but first, we debate who did it better, DeAndre Hopkins or Larry Fitzgerald. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 375, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Had a lot of fun earlier this season, MJ, when we asked better throw or better catch on the Hale Murray. It certainly gained a lot of traction on social media. Got another one for you. Whose catch was better? DeAndre Hopkins, who had a couple, or Larry Fitzgerald and that touchdown? Wow. This is like um, one and one A. We're talking about, you know, and Hopkins had that fumble, but we're talking about, you know, Hopkins has been in the league for eight years. I mean, he doesn't drop a lot of passes, um, and we know how kind of hands he has and how he tracks the ball. And Larry, we know he's done it over 17 years. I just think when you look at how many players are on hop versus Larry, but the fact that Larry's had the wherewithal to get his buttocks down and Larry, typical Larry, watch the play. He catches the ball with his hands and he brings it in. So again, I guess there's no right or wrong answer. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Fitz though. Let's break down the two catches. There was actually a third, if you want to talk about Hopkins, but the one in which that you referred to between two defenders, the second quarter, 45-yard catch. Hopkins called it one of his top eight catches in his career, and I immediately thought of his quote following the Hale Murray when he was surrounded by three defenders. At that point, he said post-game, quote, they were in position. It was just a better catch by I, end quote. Same situation, this time two defenders, but a better catch by I. He also had the game-winning touchdown catch, the 20-yard, in which it was just one defender, but the fact that he had his hands on the football, got two hands on the ball, a ball that was thrown right over the defender's head, and just Hopkins's strength, those two hands. And we know, we talked about it on Cardinal Talk, Paul Calvisi brought it up during the broadcast, he was wearing 4X gloves. He threw them off after he fumbled the ball and started wearing 5X gloves. But he caught that ball with two hands and then put the ball in the right hand, furthest from the defender, falling down. The ball never moved as he hit the ground, and he gets the touchdown. So you see the athleticism and just the strength, I think, of DeAndre Hopkins. I've never seen anyone with stronger hands than D-Hop. Now with Fitz... However, I just think you see what we have grown accustomed to, and I think maybe sometimes we take for granted. The ball was thrown behind the defender, who never looked back for the football. Fitch reached around the defender, grabbed it falling backward. Doesn't look like Fitz's eyes ever come off the ball, even with the defender's arms in the way. 
and as you said, falls backwards, lands in the end zone, touchdown, and everyone celebrates. It might have been the biggest moment for the team to see number 11 finally get into the end zone for his first touchdown of the season. So it was an impressive job by Fitz, and I'll give it to the old man, according to DeAndre Hopkins, who joked that he hoped to be doing the same when he was 40-something and then quickly corrected himself saying, oh, wait, 30-something, because Fitz is not quite the big 4-0. Craig, nice job. That was a great description. I know, you know, maybe we were doing cards cover two from the facility. You'd be able to come in after a game and show us highlights, and we'd have Kyle on Wednesdays, and and now because of uh, we're working from home. But that was a great description. I felt like I was right there sitting next to you watching that game. I must have watched both plays or all three catches at least a dozen times because, one, by the way, Akib Tlaib on the broadcast for Fox yesterday was phenomenal. Just a different broadcast, different descriptions, but a former player and a defensive back who has a different version or a different vantage point watching the game than a normal fan would. So I enjoyed that, watching the game back this morning. And then just the athleticism, the skill sets, you don't need to have great speed. You just need to know angles, body control. And I think Fitz and Hopkins have both of that. We have taken for granted Larry Fitzgerald. I just hope we don't make that same mistake with DeAndre Hopkins here. It's year one of we hope is going to be a long-term relationship. We should assume and expect these things, but every time you're like, wow, okay. And it seems like it's almost routine for those two players. And, and Craig, you know, both guys after the game addressed the media and, and we were able to uh, hear those. And, you know, if you're listening to the post-game show, we always try to get you to head coach and the quarterback. Um, and then the star player will have cuts for you. But it was interesting how this, these conversations are still going on between Hopkins and Murray to where they both um, are challenging each other, but they're, they're, they're trying to get on the same page. And, you know, Murray's got so much going on on the, in the, on the sidelines. Like he's got to worry about, you know, going back out there, who the corner is. I just wonder, you know, because in you know, something we can talk about here now, I guess, is that, you know, when we're out there for the open portion of practice, um, we're out there for the first 20 minutes. Now, I've been told that there are times that Hopkins will go out there, maybe for 15 to 20 snaps in, in practice on days that we don't think he practices. But all these conversations, Kyler's got a lot going on. I, I just wish they would, you know, and, and people are going to say, well, they're trying to get on the same page. Well, you can get on the same page during the week too. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think that's where you do – most of your work. Bertrand Berry talks about it constantly, either post-game or on the Red Sea report, that Monday to Saturday, that's where the coaches put in the work and that's where the players need to sit there and listen. And then Sunday, you just have fun. I mean, that's, that's where you have your – that's where you enjoy the fruits of all of your labor, so to speak. But, yeah, there certainly has been a lot of conversations. To a certain extent, yeah, maybe that gets corrected during the course of the week, but maybe they're seeing something from the defenses in real time up close that you kind of don't really see on film or that you see something differently because you're talking about your two biggest offensive weapons, quarterback, wide receiver, and, yeah, you want them to be on the same page. Well, great point. Kingsbury told us on Monday um, that, that Chase Edmonds play, the run, 
Uh, Larry told him he think it would work a couple plays earlier, and that was the play that actually had Larry blocking. So that, that stuff does happen. But it, it's just – Kyle's got so much going on. And, and I, I, again, we all know that Hopkins likes to be targeted. He likes his touches. I get it. And that's why they made him the highest-paid uh, wide receiver in football. But he's got a lot going on. It's just – like I said – um, you know, I think Kyler knows that if he's open or, quote, if he feels like he can catch that ball, because a lot of times he's, you know, they're bracketing him a little bit. And give Kingsbury a lot of credit, moving him around. We saw a slant pass yesterday. We saw a, some take some shots down the field where prior early in the week, he said that's really not our offense, but dictated on their secondary. They're down to their fourth and fifth corners, so to speak. So, Again, down in distance, matchups will dictate what you're going to do. But like I said, um, and, and one thing with Hopkins is when you bring in a guy like that of that caliber, and again, we can debate Julio Jones and Mike Thomas, and Thomas hasn't played a lot this year and probably some other receivers, but they've moved those guys around. I just wonder why it took so long. And, and I mean, to me, we're seeing Kyler throw the ball more in the middle of the field these Dan Arnold's pass passes. So uh, I give him credit, but I, I just think when you, when Hopkins is targeted so much that if, if he's got two or three guys on him, somebody else should be open and bring, having Hopkins on the field should make players around them even better. And, and hopefully that's the case. I think we got a chance to see Keyshawn Johnson. You see, make some plays Christian Kirk, even though I want him to turn up field. Um, we know Larry can be um, just a, Energizer bunnies. He doesn't have any issue blocking. And then, you know, you throw in, you know, Chase Edmonds, who's really become a really good uh, back out of the backfield. So those, those are things that, you know, it's going to take time. But given these guys an entire offseason, it'll be much better next year. And a lot more yards after catch, whether it was Hopkins or Dan Arnold, because you want to see those players in the open field. And that's what you talk about when you move them around or throw them on a slant pass throw them open, lead them into their routes and where they're going. And I think then you'll be able to see this offense really hum yet at the same time. And we'll get into it here. They did put up over 500 yards, score 30 plus points. Yet we're sitting there going, <laughs> wait a second, they're leaving points on the field. So there is that as well. Quick note on Hopkins after yesterday's contest, he is now leading the league in receiving yards, 1,324 he is number two in receptions, 103, and has been targeted 138 times. So 103 catches on 138 targets. That's a pretty good percentage. Very good. And, you know, he was on pace for, I think, 1,500 yards, 1,550. I mean, it's possible. Um, you know, I, I think he probably wants a couple more touchdowns because when you see how many targets and touches, um, but we know how much this team likes to run the football. Uh, in the red zone. And I think the rushing touchdowns and of course, Kyler Murray, he's taking a lot of touchdowns away from a lot of guys on those, you know, when they get to the red zone. So, um, but do you know, has, has the record um, for single season games over 150 plus receiving yards in a single season, single season, Were the Arizona Cardinals. No. Roy green, the jet stream. All right. He was a bad man back then. Might be the only record he still has that Larry Fitzgerald hasn't surpassed. Fitz has done it two times. He has two. 
Those happened in 2008 and 2007. Anquan Bolden did it a couple times. Gary Clark did it in 93. But Roy Green has the record, 1984, five games in a single season, 150-plus. Hop has two with two games to go. And just his first season with the Cardinals. My guess is his jet stream might lose that record here in a season or two. So you're saying – now, it's not 100. It's 150-plus. So you're saying next year we can just plug him in for five? Sure, why not? Okay. Five or six. <laughs> it is a Victory Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of which, the Cardinals have partnered with Gila River Hotels and Casinos to bring you the 12 days of giveaways. Visit azcardinals.com slash 12 days to find out how you can win prizes like a custom jersey, autograph footballs, or a two-night stay in the Cardinals Fanatic Room at Wild Horse Pass or Viquiva Casino. Visit azcardinals.com slash 12 days for details. Again, that's azcardinals.com slash 12 days for more. Well, the Arizona Cardinals are eight and six, back-to-back wins. They are the number seven seed in the NFC. They beat the Eagles on Sunday, 33-26. to Week 15, however, MJ was far from perfect. But as we mentioned on Cardinal Talk, you never apologize for winning, especially when you turn the ball over three times. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury called it a heck of an accomplishment to win despite those three turnovers. In fact, the Cardinals before yesterday had a 2-40 and 40 record in games. It had a turnover margin of minus three or greater in the last 20 years. So they are now 3-40 and 40 in such games. You never want to be in that situation, but the Cardinals turned it over twice in the red zone and then, of course, the other turnover as well. But they're able to get the win because of what we like to say, complimentary football. The defense picks up the offense. The offense picks up the defense. And then special teams set up a touchdown and also help flip field position that helped set up another touchdown. So let's get into it as far as the complimentary football from Sunday's game and look at the offense first and foremost. We said they left points on the field, yet Kyler Murray passed for a career-high 406 yards, totaled four touchdowns, completed 75% of his pass attempts, nine different receivers caught a pass, and there was one stretch in which he had 13 straight completions. That was about as good of a Kyler Murray performance as we've seen, yet the throw into the end zone, which he was picked off, that ball did not look good coming out of his hands because from the end zone view, it was fluttering, almost like he threw it and then at the last second said, oh, no, wait, Christian Kirk, you're not open. I need to pull it back. And it was too late, and it was an easy interception for the Eagles. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. Uh, I didn't. I when we were watching the game in person, I didn't see it until this morning how the ball was wobbly. And you could tell he knew right away. Yeah, I mean, again, he's still learning, but when the game's on the line like that, you know, I mean, it, everything – and Craig, to be honest, just watching the game, I, I knew the Cardinals had 526 yards, but I didn't realize Murray had thrown over 400 yards. I mean, it wasn't like he threw threw like three bombs for 60 yards. 
And you mentioned nine different guys caught balls, which is really good because they're spreading it around more than they have and they're moving, hopping around, hopping around. But that was a quiet 400 yards. So will we, I mean, did you, I mean, go, you follow the game as we, I do, but um, the 13 in a row is very impressive. I mean, you talk about a guy getting in sync and gaining confidence, but also the ball security though. Hopkins and Murray, I mean, their running styles, they like to keep the ball in one hand. And trust me, they've touched it, you know, X amount of time. So percentage wise, and, and Murray did a really good job last year of protecting the ball. But this year we're seeing it a little bit more to where, and it's easy for me to say, put two hands on the football. He's running. When you run, your arms go, you know, back and forth. So it's not, I mean, you can't be stationary. You can't stop on a dime, but I mean, they're lucky. And the two games will, uh, Drake had a couple fumbles and they were able to recover those, but you can't be in where those fumbles are happening. It's like, that's going to come back and haunt you. Cardinals have lost seven fumbles, six between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Murray has lost four Hopkins too. So your biggest offensive weapons are also your biggest liabilities. At least they were on Sunday. Although what I did like is both of them, when they met the media after the ball game, held themselves accountable knowing that, like we do, we expect a lot from them. They expect more from themselves. And Murray even brought up an interesting point because you have to have that short-term memory. And he mentioned that that interception stuck with him and he can't let it stick because you have to push it aside. Otherwise, it's going to affect the next play, the next series, the next quarter. And I think that over time just comes with learning. It's like a cornerback. You get beat, you know you're going to get beat but you have to get ready for the next play, the next series. And I think that as a young quarterback is something that you have to learn to uh, navigate, especially at the NFL level. Yeah. And I thought Cliff did a good job a couple weeks ago when Kenyon Drake wasn't running, um, you know, North and South, he was kind of bouncing outside, comes to the sidelines and, you know, he has a conversation he puts him right back in the game. Now, when you put the ball in the carpet a couple of times, probably in new England, you're probably not going to get the next couple of possessions. Um, but, you know, nobody feels worse than them at the time. You know, again, tenfold. Yeah, we're upset. Two hands on the ball. It's, it's not that simple. You're talking about, you know, a split-second decision. But, when, like I said, you, you start going a little bit deeper into the season here and you're turning the ball and you're minus three, you're not going to be playing the Philadelphia Eagles every week. It's funny. We talk about the turnovers, yet you look at the final numbers, 526 yards of total offense, the highest total under Kingsbury. They only converted three of 10 on third down. That's their lowest percentage of the season. All three of those conversions went to DeAndre Hopkins. So at least Kyler Murray is looking where he should look as far as key downs are concerned. So, you know, you jump off to that 16 nothing start. You get 26 points at halftime. You finish with 33, and that's where the complimentary football comes in because at that point, this offense should easily have hit 40, 45 points the way they were rolling. They didn't, and maybe that's too much for, for us to ask. I mean, even the Kansas City Chiefs stumble. I mean, you can't consistently move the ball up and down the field, and that's why when things do stall offensively, you need another area to pick it up. And I think defense and special teams did that on Sunday. And that's complimentary football. When we talk about complimentary football, yes, the offense was able to move the football early, but in that second half, 
um, Philadelphia was able to start getting some traction. So w- when you get a fake punt and, and then all of a sudden your special teams come in, that, that's when this team has won games, it's come playing complimentary football. And the fact that they are overcome the, the three uh, turnovers, uh, usually you don't win those football games. The defense really set the tone, scoring the first points of the game. The Cardinals first recorded safety since 2016. And then they jump out to that 16 nothing lead. And you thought, okay, Cardinals on a roll. Defense, though, could not keep that lead. And all of a sudden, you've got a tie ball game at 26-26. Yet, what happened at the end of the game? The Cardinals, the defense stopped the Eagles three straight possessions, including the final three tosses, two of them, into the end zone. And the Cardinals won with their defense on the field. And I think that speaks volumes. Yes. Because, again, uh, it, you know, there's times the offense is going to carry their water and then get out to that lead. And then sometimes the defense. And, Craig, what's really um, – when we start looking at it, we know that Jordan Phillips is out. We know Corey Peters is out. But on that final drive, they had Leckie in there. They had Richard uh, Lawrence, and they had Zach Allen. Now, we know Allen was a day one starter. Um, but you're talking about rookies, and, you know, you can make the case that they're no longer rookies after Halloween or, you know, Thanksgiving. Um, but the fact that you got to give, you know, Brinson Buckner and, and Vance Joseph a lot of credit, they're not afraid to play these – Dennis Gardex and Ezekiel Turner's and Tanner Vallejo. I mean, they really, I mean, it, we, we think it's a cliche and we always say next man up. Well, okay. There's going to be a drop off. What they're able to do with that pass rush, those three guys. I mean, it's impressive. And, and they're, and again, it's all a lot about effort and working hard and practicing. And I think when we look at Reddick and Golden and Gardeck, that's who they are. Six more sacks, that's 14 in the past two weeks, plus the defense had nine tackles for loss. And this Cardinals defense, even without a Chandler Jones, I'll even throw in a Robert Alford, Corey Peters, they are still finding ways, and I think that is a credit to the coaching staff, to scheme different ways to get pressure on a quarterback and to make it a little bit easier in the secondary for Patrick Peterson, a Byron Murphy, a Buda Baker, Yes, they do miss Chandler Jones. It's not like, oh, look, they're doing this without him. They don't need him. That couldn't be further from the truth. They are manufacturing this pass rush right now and flooding as far as edge rushers are concerned and getting pressure from the middle that I think it's just working. Is it sustainable over a period of time? Probably not, but it is working right now. You know, we had a call last night on the postgame show, and you know, they were talking about, you know, the future looks bright and, you know, the Cardinals are, are definitely a lot better than they were a year ago. And, and and I'm telling you, what I hear from people in the building is they think if this offense can continue to flourish and we, they're not talking about leaving three or four plays on the field, they think they can make a run in the postseason. They really do. And what the defense has done is – you know, the, the, this uh, jet package, it's created a little bit more of an energy to get to the quarterback, and t- it's aware now in teams that they're having a hard time defending it. So, you know, the Card- as you always point out, the Cardinals' defense doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be good in certain situations down in distance. And we got a chance, and I'm sure uh, based on some of the questions today from Kyle Odegaard, Isaiah Simmons, 
I mean, we talked about, you know, the Swiss Army knife and the, the eraser and, you know, they've been very consistent, slow play at inside linebacker and then safety. But because of numbers, he was he got a chance to rush the passer. 63 snaps. He played 76% of the defensive snaps. Talking about Isaiah Simmons, he started. Now they list him as a linebacker on the official stats page, but he started that game playing free safety. He was about 20, 25, 30 yards off the line of scrimmage. We also saw him inside. We also saw him as an edge rusher. And then a little coverage playing slot as far as trying to defend one of those Eagles wide receivers. It has taken a while, but I think you're right. This is what they anticipated when they drafted him in the first round, and now you're seeing it here late in the season. And I don't think the game's too big for him. I definitely think it's slowed down. I mean, he's gonna he he made a couple of mistakes yesterday um, when he was covering uh, Ertz, and it was a it was a blocking play, and he 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 Ertz was able to go by him. He faced him. He would have been able to tackle him and then tackle the the running back. But that's things you watch on film and. You know, you don't make the same mistake twice, so to speak. But I love his physicality. Uh, I like his size. I like his speed. Um, and, you know, next year when, when teams are preparing for the Cardinals, I mean, yes, Chandler Jones, and we'll see who's still, you know, in, in different spots. But you, this guy, I mean, you don't know where he's going to line up. And, and look at look what Jamal Adams has done to that Seattle secondary. I mean, he's got nine and a half sacks. You know, right now the leader in the NFL – He's got 12 and a half sacks and we're two weeks away. 12 and a half. Last year we had guys in 17, 18, 19. It's surprising that 14 sacks may win the sack title this year. Well, the offensive lines, I think, deserve a lot of credit protecting the quarterback. That's a huge investment behind center that teams want to make sure stay healthy for all 16 games. And, yeah, it is interesting because, and it's not just edge rushers, but Aaron Donald, in double digit sacks, Jamal Adams almost reaching double digit sacks. So not your typical positions that are getting to the quarterback time in and time out. Now the one negative, and again, this is a game. I think if it had gone the other way, Cardinals are on the other end of this contest on Sunday. This is a game where everyone is up in arms. We're nitpicking what's going on here. Why isn't this working yet? When you win, it's easier to go back and say, all right, this didn't work. How do we get better? This team has not gotten better, however, in the first half defensive, getting teams off the field. Ten times now in 14 games, this team has allowed a touchdown or field goal in the final two minutes. Five touchdowns, five field goals, and they did it again with the Eagles scoring on Greg Ward's touchdown with a minute 19 to go to make it 26-20. We talk about at the end of the game, you also need to stop at the end of the first half as well. If you buy into that momentum, I know Kyle Odegaard does not, but it does make halftime a little bit better if you can walk into that locker room feeling good about how you ended the first 30 minutes of play. Yeah, and, you know, the Cardinals didn't win the coin toss, and, and you know, you look at the Eagles and they deferred. So it's important to try to score there. And now normally Cliff defers if the Cardinals win the coin toss, so we know how important that first possession is uh, for the defense to kind of set the tone. I think they definitely did that in the Giants game, even though um, the Cardinals didn't uh, play complimentary football during that next possession. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those situations where when you get in a scenario like that, I mean, you, you got to make sure 
um, you're, you're doing what you do best. And, you know, at that same time, we'll see. Now, with that said, in the second half, the Eagles had seven possessions. The Cardinals defense only allowed one score, and that was the game tying touchdown. Other than that, they were off the field. They were getting the Eagles off the field. So everyone strives to be perfect, and it's almost impossible. But key situations, are you doing what you're supposed to do? And the Cardinals defensively were able to do that and picked up the offense in the second half specifically because, as you pointed out, Cardinals only had one score. In fact, there were only two scores in the entire second half combined between these two teams. And I think that was a lot of the defenses realizing, hey, we think this might be a shootout. Let's put the foot down right now and put the game on our shoulders. And the Cardinals, their defense on the field late, very easily could have been a Buffalo Bills outcome against the Cardinals with another Hail Mary with Jalen Hurts thrown into the end zone. Okay, well... Again, you watched this game this morning. I watched it. Byron Murphy. I mean, everyone thought the tight end caught the ball. Now, the ball didn't hit the ground. But Byron Murphy, he made some key plays down the stretch. I mean, there were like two or three pass breakups. And then he uh, also, when they ran a, a screen pass, he, did a, he had a really good tackle in the open field. I thought Byron Murphy, you know, again, it, you know, it, depending on what they're playing zone or man, it's going to be different for him. But I thought Byron Murphy really showed up um, when the game was on the line. I was I was thinking the same thing that this is going to come back to haunt the Cardinals. Um, just even how they approached and at the first half on their own offense. Murphy was credited with three passes defense, according to Pro Football Focus. Targeted 13 times, eight catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. But a key defense on that final play of the ball game. Chris Banjo credited on the series before breaking up a pass intended for Dallas Goddard that uh, allowed the Cardinals defense to get off the field, a turnover on down. So yeah, complimentary football, the defense picking up the offense. Let's turn to the third phase of football special teams and what they were able to do, because I think they picked up both the offense and the defense in this contest and both because of Ezekiel Turner, the block punt set up a touchdown in the first quarter and it was basically Turner, I watched it again from the end zone view, and he just nudged the long snapper out of the way. It wasn't much of a hit and had a clear path, and it was the first time Cameron Johnston had a punt blocked in three seasons, and the ball rolled all the way to the six-yard line a couple of plays later, and the Cardinals have the touchdown and a 16-0 lead. And at that point, MJ, you're thinking, hey, Cardinals are cruising here. They very easily should have put the uh, nail in the coffin early in that contest. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking the same thing. And then you're thinking, all right, this is the game. Maybe they can put up 40. Um, again, at the end of the day, you have to win the football game. But, yeah. Um, and let's talk about – it was a gutsy call. Okay. Yeah. Here's the situation because there was a lot of discussion. And if it goes the other way, everyone is hammering the head coach right now. 14.56 left to go in the ball game. Yeah. You have the ball at your own 33-yard line, and the game is tied at 26. You almost have an entire quarter of football to be played of a tie ball game, yet at your own 33-yard line, fourth and two, they got the look they wanted, and they rolled the dice. Andy Lee throws a beautiful pass, 26 yards to Turner once again in the middle of a special teams play, they weren't able to put points on the board on that drive. 
But what it did, it flipped field position. Yes. Defense forced a three and out, and the offense responded with an 86-yard, what proved to be the game-winning touchdown, Kyler Murray, to DeAndre Hopkins. Cliff was asked about it. That's something they worked on during the week if they got a certain look. And they had the green, he had the green light. Can you imagine? Like, because different formations, but they had the matchup they were looking for. And again, they did practice it. Um, this is not the first time that Andy Lee, as you pointed out last night on the pregame show, I think he's he has two with the Cardinals and one with the 49ers. Correct. He's two of two perfect passer rating, I guess you would say, or at least perfect completion percentage, but two of three for his career as far as throwing the football. What a throw. That ball had a spiral, but you're right. If that doesn't work because of field, and it's it's not like it happened in the first quarter. The game's tied. You're in the fourth quarter. Like, you don't give possessions away. But, that you, I mean, that's Jeff Rogers, and he, Cliff gave him all the credit in the world. But if, if that doesn't work, it comes on Cliff. Oh, yeah, because as the head coach, you're supposed to have the final say, although Jeff Rogers does have that assistant head coach title in addition to special teams coordinator, and I can't say enough about what he has done in the two seasons with Kingsbury, the one season with Steve Wilkes, and just overall. I don't know, MJ, if he has any interest in becoming a head coach, and typically you don't see special teams coordinators get head coaching opportunities. Although I'll say this, Joe Judge got one, special teams coordinator for the Patriots, and now with the New York Giants. And don't forget, John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator before landing with the Baltimore Ravens. So there's two examples, and you wonder why teams don't look more at special teams to find their next head coach, because special teams, they touch everyone on the roster. You don't just focus on offensive players or defensive players. You have the entire complement in front of you to figure out how you want to play on special teams. Great point. Just like the strength and conditioning coach. He knows every single player. I mean, you know, Cliff, I mean, Cliff at practice, you know, he's talking to guys as they're walking out there during the open portion, but let's be, let's be honest, just focus on the offense and Vance. And, uh, you know, you look at Jeff Rogers and that's the, uh, the cost of doing business where you bounce around a lot of times. Sometimes Craig, you're better off being a Lieutenant than general. True. And, he, he, you know, as long as, you know, uh, Steve's here and Cliff's here, I mean, he's got a job and you're moving your family all the time. And I'm sure he's one of the higher paid special teams coaches in football. So uh, I would love to know what his aspirations are, but, you know, he's in a good spot. And sometimes, you know, the fact that he can work with everyone versus becoming the head coach and 10 things come across your desk every day and you can't teach. I mean, everyone's got a different personality. So um, I don't disagree with you. I think he would interview well. We know he knows ball. It's not just special teams. I mean, he knows ball. So, but I, I sometimes you're just better off being a, a lieutenant than general. That's, some, I, that's how I feel like some guys are better off being a coordinator than a head coach. Bird Gang, if you enjoy Cardinals Cover 2, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast to get all of the weekly shows, Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. You can listen via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go. Just go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. By the way, Andy Lee got a shout-out by Peter King 
and his Football Morning in America column, the special teams player of the week, along with Jet Safety JT Hassel. Kyler Murray got a nod as well as the Offensive Player of the Week. And as Darren Urban pointed out, I believe it was on his Twitter account, at Cards Chatter, perhaps the question that we have been asking all season long as far as the emergency quarterback on this team, not Patrick Peterson, but how about someone who's actually thrown and completed a pass in an Arizona Cardinals uniform? Andy Lee, ladies and gentlemen, your COVID-19 emergency quarterback. Tongue in cheek. Kingsbury hasn't said anything. I'm just no, no, no. I like here. it. I like I it. I didn't make that mention. I don't need he, that. He's uh, got he's got more attempts than Chris Trevler. <laughs> that, that's true. Did you also see that note on Larry Fitzgerald and Peter King's column? No, maybe it wasn't in his. That was Larry Fitzgerald's first touchdown in like 354 days. I did see someone ESPN stats and info mention that Larry Fitzgerald and Frank Gore both scoring touchdowns on the same day to the older players in the national football league. Did Des Bryant get a touchdown yesterday? He did too. First <laughs> one since what? 2017. I believe it was. Yeah. I read, I read it somewhere earlier and I apologize. I give the person credit, but it was almost a year. The last time Larry Fitzgerald caught a touchdown. Wow. Fitz had three catches for 35 yards. He was targeted four times. Didn't play. Well, he was on the field for 46 of the 68 offensive snaps. Late in that ball game, though, we did see Keyshawn Johnson and Trent Sherfield a couple of times. So wonder if that was just a package or if something had happened. But uh, you're seeing a lot of different players at wide receivers. And sometimes when they line up, number 11 is not on the field, which is a little bit odd. Yeah, but I also think they're running a couple more tight, uh, two tight end sets, and so you got to take somebody out. And then if you you take if you go now, we know Larry's a good blocker, but if you bring in two tight ends, you know Keyshawn obviously size still got get more consistent, but they are targeting him a little bit. And if you have Hop out there, so I understand it. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with COVID. Um, you know, obviously those guys are a lot younger and, and Christian Kirk and Keyshawn, but I just think when you go two or three tight end or bring it in a Josh Jones, and again, Larry's one of the better blockers like Heinz Ward throughout his career, but you kind of want to get your, 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 your younger, faster athlete is out there. I think just from a standpoint of personnel. Speaking of tight ends, do want to update the bird gang, Max Williams, Injured in Sunday's game, suffered an ankle injury, was listed as questionable and then ruled out. Do not have an update on him. Although, according to reports, when Williams got to the sidelines, he slammed down his helmet. And we know he had an ankle issue earlier in the season. The other injury is Dennis Gardak, who was carted to the locker room at the end of the game. And that is something you'd never like to see, although it was pointed out that the cart kind of stopped because it looked like Gardick wanted to watch what was happening. I think it might've been one of the final series of defensive plays. And then they went into the locker room, but no further updates on him as well. But here you're looking at someone that not only does well defensively, but special teams. He had two more special teams tackles talking about Dennis Gardick and seven sacks this season. So you hope that both of those players will be able to return. If not this week, certainly by season's end. And what a yards after catch on the Max Williams uh, throw and catch. I mean, it, did you see his new haircut? I did. The uh, video that was posted ahead of the game on uh, the Arizona Cardinals 
social media account. It was yeah. uh, shaved on the sides a little bit. Yeah, he, yeah. He looked, I think he maybe was trying to uh, knock a couple of years off his uh, his look. His, his look, his, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a little he, younger. I, yeah, and, and to me, he, he was able to get a little faster because it was high and tight, you know, so the air going through the helmet. I, th- I thought he was a little faster on that play. So uh, the 42 yards, the career-long yeah. 42-yard catch is a credit to the haircut. Yeah, I okay. mean, depending on what, you know, obviously we, we know he's the meat and potatoes guy. Um, the good news is you have Darrell Daniels, who can also catch the ball, but Max is, you know, he's the best blocking tight end on the field. And maybe we'll see some more Josh Jones. I guess we'll wait officially. Uh, Gardek, I mean, you never want to see a guy go off the field in a cart. Um, but again, we, we watched Kenyon Drake and, you know, he had a towel over himself, very emotional. And next thing you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But, um, you know, De- Dennis Gardek's kind of, you know, you root for the underdogs and, um, you know, he's, he's earned the right to, to get more playing time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just think the chemistry that he has going, that rotation, you don't want to see that affect it. He's played just 93 defensive snaps this season. So he's averaging one sack every 13.3 snaps. All seven of his sacks have come in four games in which he's played a combined 45 plays. So he is making the most of his opportunity. And I know people want him more on the field, but he just might be that player that has that one, two, three packages that he fits best. But if you give him more time, more touches, more reps, that maybe he loses his effectiveness. Yes. And, and, and again, that's very similar to someone else. I mean, I don't think that's a great example, but you know, when, when Drake was on the shelf, Chase Edmonds got more of an opportunity now you know, obviously, I, I think Chase can be the guy. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he if they turn it over to him next year. We can have that conversation in the offseason. But, yeah, it, it's just that if he's on the field more, teams will maybe try to go at him a little bit more. Where now, when you have that jet package, who am I going to – do? I, I got to put a hat on 44. I got to put a hat on 43. I got to put a hat on 45. I got to put a four, hat on 48 now. So it's a little bit different where if you're out there every single down, teams will find some – I'm not saying he's a weakness, but he's like a closer. His job is to come in there and get to the quarterback or set up guy in the eighth inning, you know what I mean, where he goes six or seven innings, maybe he won't be as effective. He has his role and excels at his role, and it goes back to what Vance Joseph said in training camp, be a starter in your role, and Dennis Gardeck is exactly that. All right, do we, have we seen a guy take the next step? Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was concerned, can he stay healthy? And that's Zach Allen. He probably had his best game as a Cardinal. We talked about it in the offseason. He has to get stronger. Uh, I think the same was for Dennis Gardeck. I think um, uh, Dan Arnold, Zach Allen, some of those offensive linemen. Cliff said he worked out around the clock. I'm glad he didn't have to have surgery. You can make the case that he is a legitimate three-down defensive end, and he can also set the edge. Um, so, you know, you look at that draft pick. Um, we know how uh, effective and productive he was in college. Now we're starting to see it a little bit more at this level, more consistent when healthy. And there's the key, when healthy. A healthy Zach Allen, you're seeing what he can do with those 11 tackles leading the team 
in tackles as a three or putting your hand down in the dirt. That is something you don't typically see a lot, but certainly excellent to see if you're the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and normally, you know, um, Jordan Hicks, uh, Devondre Campbell, you know, maybe Reddick, you know, Chris Banjo, Buda Baker, but the fact that he led, and you talked about it, they had, what, nine tackle for losses? Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, you may get two a game, you're hoping to get four or five, six quarterback hits, you're hoping to get three or four uh, passes defense. So that means they are running at the line of scrimmage. Cardinals, eight and six, two straight wins with one more home game to be played this week on a Saturday. That's right. They'll host the San Francisco 49ers. And and keep in mind, if you live in Arizona, the game will be on Fox 10. Correct. If you're outside the state of Arizona, it'll be on Amazon Prime. So you have to figure out how you can watch that. But in both local markets, the Bay Area, Santa Clara, and Phoenix, Maricopa, hopefully the state can't misspeak here, but it's going to be on Channel 10, uh, Fox 10, so 2.30 on Saturday. But just to let you know, if you're out of state, um, the only other way you're going to watch it is Amazon. It's not on the NFL Network. So, let's again, Saturday games are trying to do some different stuff. I think we're, we're starting to see a little bit of the future. Yeah, it's part of a triple header on Saturday for Week 16. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Always good to be on for a victory Monday. And we'll move on to Tuesday to kind of talk still about Sunday, but also look ahead to the 49ers as well. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.